When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Welcome to Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Uh, very best place on the planet to be on Thursday mornings in the upper Midwest. Uh, we've got some return customers here, so we won't be doing our traditional uh, first car stories. We'll just get right into the meat of it. <laughs> to my immediate right. Hey, it's Peter Bourne. Hi, guys. And? Mick Sterling. Andy Brant Bernard. Mike Gelsand. Thomas M. Bernard. The Menards man. Menards! That's Menards! <laughs> You're going to have to tell that story. Yeah, you should yeah, tell the story so people know what the hell we're talking about. Andy's in third grade. Alex is in first grade. Roger's elementary. All the kids are very excited. We want to meet your dad. God, we love your dad. Could you have him come to school someday? And we just love to meet him. So I go to school to pick my kids up. Every kid's got this sad look on their face. They thought I was the Menards man. <laughs> you know, Bernard, Menard, what the hell's the difference? You know, what little kid wouldn't want to meet the Menards well, exactly. guy? Exactly. They were 11% less impressed. That's you know, 11%. 11%. 11%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. It's kind of got the... Uh... Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the walls of world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finished number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. 
Wow, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then, the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. When my daughter and my youngest stepson were probably eight or nine, we were driving somewhere, the four of us, and they started imitating Tom Shane in the backseat. Oh, I'm, no. I'm Tom Shane. To hear an eight-year-old kid do that is pretty dang funny. It's I got I got to tell you about a, a, a text I got uh, from a friend this morning. He goes on, I don't know, Twitter, Facebook, whatever. You did hear what Ron DeSantis did, right? Oh, he shipped a bunch of people to, like, China or, well, or New I'll York? I'll tell or... you where. Because oh, China I saw that New York, morning, they blamed it on me. On you? Yeah, I what? got a text saying, yeah, you and your Republican buddies. I'm like, first of all, I'm not a Republican. I'm a centrist. But <clears throat> secondly... Yeah, I see that you got out of Martha's Vineyard just in time. Well, that's kind of a coincidence. What? Ron DeSantis sent two plane loads of illegal immigrants to Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> oh. It starts a bad trend, but it's also pretty funny. It's funny, but it's not a good idea. I'm like, whoa. Did he parachute them in? No, they landed right at the airport, apparently. Wow. But yeah, I, I'll I apparently see was, you're my pillow guy and raise you a couple of plane loads of immigrants right. to Martha's Vineyard. I'm assuming the immigration sure service in Martha's Vineyard is not really up and running. Right? <laughs> right. Nah, not a lot to worry about. Not a lot to worry. But wow. I just got a guy tries to blame me for it. It's like yeah. what? It is pretty funny. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I just got out of there. Hey, Catherine, we got to go. All the immigrants are coming. <laughs> oh man. Hey, I'm happy for the the, the people across the border, man. They got to go to go to. Martha's Vineyard, much younger than I did. I had to wait till now. Yeah, no, that's great. You might have to get used to the $40 hamburgers. but you know, Well, that's going to be a little spendy. But I tell you what, tip of the cap to the people of Massachusetts. They stepped up and said, okay, let's take care of them. Great. Well, so that's good to hear. Well, that's the only state that's more liberal than, than yeah, that's Minnesota. True. You do <laughs> know that, true. right? Although they have a Republican governor, which is unusual. Yeah, he's been, what, three terms? Yep. Yeah, and, they and, love him. And, you know, the, the, the funny thing about it is that our economy, as ailing as it is, would come to a complete halt without immigrants. Well, without immigrants, yeah. even going back 250 years. Well, yeah, but I mean, you know, there's you look at the economy and all the jobs that no one wants. Yeah, well, that's the, you're right. Nobody, nobody will take those jobs, Mike. They won't do it. Well, especially, you know, if you actually have to be at an, like a, an office or a building or, well, basically anywhere. Yeah, no, it's basically anywhere. There are so many things now that just never get done. It's unbelievable. Yeah. What are you going to do? So listen, I, I wanted to stay at Martha's Vineyard longer, but when I heard... <laughs> there were going to be God. foreigners there? The only time I've been at Martha's Vineyard and I get blamed for bringing in a bunch of immigrants. It's like, what? what? That but as Mike pointed out, I should get credit. Now the work's all going to get done. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> gonna There's open, always a silver lining. We're going to open Burger one. Kings there. We should talk about why our guests are here. No, no, so. Hardee's. Where's the least likely place you'd find the FBI? And, and not agree. even in the restaurant. Oh. It was in Mankato, though, so that's good. Yeah, well, that's Cato good. Town. Cato Town. Love Mankato. I'll tell you what, I was in St. Cloud yesterday. I haven't been there in a while. 
Mm-hmm. What a great town that is. It's a lovely town. I love St. Cloud, is. man. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Out there hanging out with Michael Bryant up mm. in his office up in St. Cloud. So that was the negative part of it. Yeah, well, it's got a guy's got to work. A guy's got to work. Anyway. So Mick has wanted to come in and talk about some uh, concerts it. and charity work that he's doing. Yeah, and Peter, thank you. For those that don't know, Mick Sterling is famous Twin Cities musician, founded a, just a great band 30 years ago. Was the stuff? Uh, it'll be uh, so long 34 ago you can't remember. years ago. Okay. It was when we started. Almost 33 as long years as Tom's ago. Tom's been on the morning show. What morning show? What are you talking about? <laughs> Hundred days, baby. Hundred days. Yeah, the over under. Uh, I think it's like forty yeah. to my right is... hours. Yeah, well, well, maybe that too. <laughs> <laughs> I bet the under anyway. So yeah. Anyway, sorry. To my right is Peter Bourne, who worked at KQ in the heyday of the station back oh, in the yeah. 90s when they had actual budget to do really wild stuff. Until uh, like a certain company bought the place. Yeah, I'm not going <laughs> to go there. Why not? And and Peter is a musician and has just this wonderful. It's a it's a great story that he told in a previous episode. He and his wife brought the sunken, eighty seventy foot long houseboat boat back great. to life, turned it into a the world's only mobile floating recording studio. It's amazing. And he also has some charity work that he and his wife do. And Mick and Peter are, are very good friends. So yeah, I thought that's this, right. He just, oh, Peter happened to call Tuesday. He'll, yeah, he'll admit it. Yeah, he'll well, admit Mick it. got married on I'll his I'll admit it boat. right now. We're friends. <laughs> just yesterday, Mick was on the morning show, and he mentioned Peter. I said, oh, that asshole. I didn't know that you were friends. Such a fine line. <laughs> was, it, was it before or after I made that calming CD with the, uh, with the screen at 20 minutes? Exactly. Anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, no problem. So, Mick, what's cooking? What are you up to? Oh, man, there's a lot going on. I mean, I, actually, I'm, I'm doing one of my shows on Peter and Michelle's boat on Monday. Right. Uh, Rolling on the River is the thing. And I just debuted this new Elvis Costello show. Oh, that's great. That we're doing. Really? And Steve Price and Steve uh, Brancic from the suburbs are in it. Peter's in it. Peter Gurton on piano. It's just an amazing show. So we're doing it on the Joyful Noise Performance Recording Ship this Monday. Yeah. At, uh, what's it, 6.30 start time? 6.30, yeah. Yep. We're boarding. We're staying at the dock, but, you know, you just go to riverboatstudio.com, and there's a place to get the tickets there. We, uh, we're we selling them uh and right there, but the idea is that it's gonna—it's a great show. I get to play the cheesy keyboard, you know, on on, on Elvis Costello. It's a farfisa. Like, it's a farfisa yeah, in a box. Oh my god! And I—I I, I, so own great. that. That's my instrument. And Peter Gurton is. Uh, These songs are amazing. Yeah. The piano, I mean, the piano player, and the attractions. Oh is my, ridiculous! Badass. And, I mean, and you got and Peter. Peter phenomenal. nails that stuff. I have a question for you. Yeah. Was 96 Tears the first song with the Farfisa organ? I think it's it had to be the first popular song That's with what it. I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Garden uh, Jeffries does House a great version of that, too. House of the Rising Sun featured that oh, as well. Oh, God, I yeah. love it, isn't it? Right. And they were probably about the same yep. time. I think you're right. Yeah, the cool thing—the right. cool thing is, it's, it's like you, we have 50 seats, so you get up close and personal with the band, and you've got this great view because it's floor-to-ceiling windows around that surround it. You see the river. Now, Tom, you just got off of a river trip. I, I hear—is that right? Did you do something down to St. Louis on a biking? Well, that was last year. That was last year. But it was phenomenal. We talked about yeah, that a little bit. Yeah, it sounded amazing. 
boy, when you go by Dubuque, Iowa, and oh, yeah. you look up, it's like, my God, that city's beautiful from the river. Yep. But there's it's, a thing called the Ice Harbor. We're actually going yeah, down there next yeah. year, and we are going to do programming through Unlocked Mission, which is going to allow people to record records right on the boat, uh, youth and adults, and we'll have all the kinds of tools there for them to, to, to track and, and make a record of original music. It's just going to be so phenomenal. I did so, my audio book on the boat. Yes, that's right. Last summer, where I, and I wrote it in front of a, I read it in front of a live audience to like two and a half hour sessions. It was great. Yeah, it was really. It's such a unique thing. So, do you guys have, have any tickets available for the show Monday? Or you is know it what? Sold out. No, uh, we're getting close. So I tell you what, riverboatstudio.com, and maybe I can. Here's the deal. Um, somebody hits me up there. They can go to that site. And click in and just text me. I have a couple of, I uh, got a pair of tickets I'll give away for free great. for that show. Ooh, nice. So just it's call 989 or, or, or 989. Well, you could actually call 561-228-4061. Oh, that's your talk and text line, isn't it? It says it right there. It's yeah, right there. I'm reading this it. This is what we call uh, a visual cue. Uh, Peter can't read. Uh, oh, I don't think, like think there's going to be reading involved. For those, uh, that, are, <laughs> for those that are curious, the boat's at, the, the boat's at Watergate Marina, which is in St. Paul. It's about mm, maybe two or three miles southeast of the airport. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's it's in town. This it's is great. Really right by Fort Snelling and uh, the Buka that's there on the corner of Shepherd Road. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah. So yep. Come I on. was saying yeah. to Tom yesterday and on the morning show, it's like I, parts of these when you're there, I didn't even know things like that existed. It's a whole. When you go world. down the river, you, it's a yeah. whole different yeah. world. This marina is. going up and down the river. It's such an and Watergate amazing is thing. The, the actual pirate cove of the Mississippi. I mean, it's just a collection of oddball boats. There it's was great. a pirate ship down there for yeah. a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. it's great. Yeah. What the hell is this? So we should do a podcast, a fall cruise down to St. Paul from Watergate. We'll just bring everybody oh, on board. God, and let's do it. That'd be awesome. I'd love yeah. to do that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So that's uh, that's part of what's going on in the world of Unlocked Mission, which is the nonprofit unlockedmission.org. Uh, we are raising awareness and you know providing the opportunity for music. Uh, transformative power of music and education and uh, so we have sponsorships and, and uh, we sponsor groups and individuals to come on and record records and, and promote and then in the meantime uh, the boat actually serves as a, uh, as a platform for great concert series that we're doing Rolling on the River with and some of the shows have Mick and, and both your wife Kate has also Kate done too. Amy yep. and so yeah it's been a lot of fun and uh, that kind of dovetails into what Mick is doing I mean you are just everywhere you are yeah, everywhere. I'm doing a lot of stuff it's fun are you, behind, uh, you are working a lot. Are you behind on the mortgage, or what's going I'm on? I'm always behind on <laughs> the mortgage of life. That's nice. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm actually doing a lot of things, different concert series. I, we talked about the Chart House Live series that's happening at Briano's Chart House. It starts tonight, and we're doing it every Sunday and Thursday. So it's in Lakeville, right? Yep, in Lakeville, and it's newly remodeled. It's been around a long time, but Briano's uh, purchased it, and it looks fantastic in there. And they've got a great stage, and they bought a brand new sound system, and um, and so I'm bringing in shows, seven o'clock shows, uh, kind of bands that play crooners and Dakota and Chanhassen, but there's really nothing like that in the South Metro. There's nothing like that. So you got all of these, you know, Fairbolt and Owatonna and Burnsville and Lakeville, Prior Lake. This is a place that people can come to now, have a nice dinner, you see a great show, seven o'clock show, very simple. So it starts tonight, and um, if people want to get tickets, they can go to charthouserestaurant.com and then click on Charthouse Live Tickets, and you can see the schedule through the end of December. And um, I'm very, very excited about it. I think it's going to be a great 
a great series. Just 225 people that can be there, so it's very intimate, and um, it sounds terrific. We did a little sound check in there on Tuesday just to test the new gear, and thank God it all worked, so that's great. <laughs> Wait a minute. You, you tested it out before the gig? I know. I know. I'm growing up. Speaking of growing up, everybody gets to be in bed by 10 o'clock. That's right. That's right. So that's that a beautiful right. thing because our demo's not staying up past I do. Well, I do like the fact that a lot of bars are starting earlier. Not all of them, but yeah. I, you know, that was the one thing when I did it that I, I just hated getting home at 3 in the morning, <laughs> reeking of cigarettes, and it's just yeah, it's I, it's very odd. We just did the Bunker Show, uh, the Stud Brothers, a few months ago. That's the first time I played starting at 9.30 yeah. and Ooh. played till 1 for a very long time. And, <laughs> yeah. and I was Feeling done it? the next day. I was, I was done. Speaking <laughs> of bunkers, I saw that I know Dylan Selfer a little bit. Just a young, fire-breathing guitar player. He's just, he's he's a, just a wizard. And he's probably, what, 25 or so? Yeah, yeah. And he, you know, he plays a lot with Bernard Allison. And he's, yeah. I think he's really, he's going to be... Oh, he's going to go somewhere. He's Derek Trucks. Yep. He's, he's the young Derek Trucks, yep. for so sure. The video he posted, and he's also a gearhead. He's got a Porsche and a AMG oh, I know. I know. Mercedes E55. So he's out in front of bunkers uh, in the the black AMG. It's a hot rod version of the car that you used to have. Right. It's like right. 650 horsepower. And he goes, come to bunkers and do a burnout. And he just smokes it all the way down Washington Avenue. Oh, Lord. <laughs> well... Young and wealthy and talented and good-looking, why not? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, that that's one thing. There's another concert series that uh, that is going to be a monthly thing that we started last summer. It's called the Remembrance Concert Series. And it's, it, 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 it honors and remembers veterans. And we've been doing it at the VFW in Bloomington in their mm -hmm. event hall. We did The it one with the helicopter out front? Yeah, 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 and it turned out to be a, a terrific series. We just did one last Friday at the Shakopee VFW Event Hall, so we're going to be starting that um, one Friday every month from October through May of next year at the Bloomington VFW. All of my, a collection of my shows, um, and it's it's terrific. And, and we we the Thirty Days Foundation, the charity that I run. On those nights, whatever we raise, we we donate 50% to, in Bloomington, the place called Folds of Honor, which is a really terrific veterans organization. And then the one we just did in Shakopee, we donated to uh, Beyond the Yellow Ribbon, south of the river um, uh, veterans organization. So really excited about those concerts. club in, in Bloomington? Because they do... They they do a terrific job, I think. It's really, it's one of the few VFWs that really is set up as a music They're venue. open six nights a week for yeah. music. I mean, yeah. they, uh, you know, since the, the Fongs closed yeah. just last week, or oh, a couple of weeks ago. All right. Love I, it. Pieced. Yeah, I mean, that's it. a legendary place. I think that's going to serve as the as the replacement for people that VFW. Yeah. Because they have, you know, we've, we've booked, McSterling Presents has booked a lot of, you know, Paul Mayasich is there and Vandell's there. There's a lot of really great acts that play there now. I think Jim Stairs runs a blues jam there every yeah. Sunday, I think. Yeah, there's a lot of music in that VFW. And and so this Remembrance Concert Series, um, it, it went really, really well. So we're, we're looking forward to starting that again on October 28th. We're doing my Hall & Oates show, as we were talking about Hall & Oates, and yep. that's a great show. Um, I'll tell, tell a funny story about Jimmy. So Mike Gelfan and I both drove taxi in the cities. And I know Jim. To say we're friends is probably overstating it, but we know each other pretty well. And he also drove cab. And I thought it'd be kind of fun to have the three of us on the podcast, and we'll just tell cab driving stories. Oh, which wow. Are oh wow. 
great idea. <laughs> yeah, Jim got lost. He couldn't find the studio. So what is the irony of a former <laughs> cab driver not being? Yeah, able there's to... a shock. <laughs> he didn't have his uh, what is it map book that we used to have. The old that, Hudson. The Hudson. Yep, that's right. Yeah, that's what we used. Yeah. Yeah, I was definitely. I was in the limo world. I worked for Henderson Limousine ah, for a while. God, I just saw a limo tip yesterday for the first time in about two years. Yeah, we're, they're we're, gone. Yeah, yeah, it, it's all Uber and yeah, yeah. They're all they're all like party buses or uh, you right, know the executive right. limo buses with a pole. Well, yeah. and they stopped. <laughs> the they, the pole. they stopped building the town car twelve years ago. That was the other thing that yeah. killed it. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I was probably the the worst cab driver in town. I, <laughs> Not I, you. Well, I was in the competition anyway. People would say, "Yeah, you know, I need to go to Blaine." And I'd say, I, it's like I'd heard of Blaine, you know, but I mean, uh, I'd, Jewish community. You said why? Why? Well, yeah, oh yeah. yeah why Blaine? The Temple of Doom up there. The Temple for my of people. Doom. And, uh, oh God. So I'd just say, I'd say, well, how do you usually get there? I like it. Yeah. That's a good move. Oh, Sometimes that's good. they'd say, well, I've never actually been there. Before. <laughs> Providence, this town has got Maplewood and Maple Grove. Gotta yeah. Make sure you hit the right oh, one. Yeah. Yeah, that's that, a, that's, oh, that's yeah, a bit right. of a stretch if you miss the, 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 the name. The best days to drive a cab are always when there's a heavy fog. Because then you can turn the flag off. Oh, yeah. And the, the inspectors can't see yeah. that you've got someone in there. And there. So that's called high flagging. When high you, flagging. When yep. you uh, get money out of a passenger but don't share it with your employer. Or it's also what? known as theft. Theft. That's so cold. <laughs> nice that's outfit. maybe a little yeah. strong. Yeah. It's, it, what I would always say, I didn't do it that. I only did it a couple of times. But it is amazing how your ethics crumble after about two weeks of driving a cab. Was that the VIG? You were just getting your VIG. Yeah, I was just getting the VIG. Okay. Yeah, and I'd I'd say, uh, do you mind if uh, do you mind if this one's uh, for me, not the company? You know, something like that. All right. Yeah. Generally, I never heard anyone. No one ever reacted with indignation because I, of course, say, of course, you're going to get a twenty percent discount. So we shared oh, in the crime. You did share in the yeah. crime. I didn't. Like I say, rarely did it. Once, I, twice, maybe. I was trained by a guy who was probably 70, and when you were a new cab driver, you first have to ride around with somebody who sort of shows you the ropes. And he did okay. I mean, it's not that complicated a job, but he says, uh, what are you doing Sunday morning? I said, well, I don't know, I'm sleeping. He goes, well, we'll let, uh, come down, I'll, we'll go out for a couple hours. I'll show you how you can make some extra money. Ah, like, yes. Okay. <laughs> the back of the LTD uh, in the trunk is loaded with liquor. And he goes down to Danny's Bar <laughs> nice. on 9th in Chicago and starts honking God. the horn. And all these alcoholics come out everywhere. They can't wait for the bars to open because that's noon. And he just cleaned up. I'm like, there you However go. What a you. lovely, lovely man. <laughs> yeah. Remember those old days, though? What was the name of the, what, the carousal? What was the name of that? The carousel. The carousel next carousel. to Mousy's, yeah. right? Mousy's and the carousel. That's God, like Mousies. the first bar that I ever went into. Was Mousy's? Was, was uh, the carousel. Oh, the carousel, okay. Yeah. And, uh, like, I, I didn't know any better. So when the guy, you know, when the dispatcher said, yeah, you know, we uh, we need a pickup here at uh, at 9th and Hennepin or wherever yeah, it was. Yeah, about 9th, 9th or 10th and Hennepin, yeah. somewhere in there. So uh, I, I went in. I was hoping the fear was outside, but it wasn't. And I walked into the oh, bar, and I, like, I'd oh, never God. seen anything like it. There were like no. 200 people there. You know, fire marshal thing. Well, you can have 80 people in there. Right. There were like 200 people in there. And I said, yeah, I'm looking for Jimmy. Called for a cab. And the bartender just 
pointed. He didn't say anything. Pointed anything. over there. He said, and uh, and uh, eventually I figured out that 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 the the guy I was supposed to pick up was the one who was sleeping on the floor. Of course. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and yeah. happened. and uh, so that was. It went. It got even worse after that. My dad bowled for mousies. He did? All right. I love it. He had a mousies bowling shirt. Yeah, oh, he, he was in the mousies oh, bowling team. Imagine what you could get on eBay for that today. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Mouse, I didn't even think about that name until right now. Mousies, baby. Well, all of Hennepin <laughs> Avenue had legendary places. My oh, first yeah. place was Moby Dick's. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Moby oh, yeah. Dick's. That's you know. where you could become paralyzed if you said said the wrong thing. Dick's <laughs> nay, yeah. that was a buddy of mine. Oh, Ixnay. sir. <laughs> I, I will never forget that. Honestly, God, my buddy Chuck, my I got big hands. His hands were like two inches bigger than mine. Mm-hmm. He had huge fists, right? Mm-hmm. So I go in there one time and well, I'm talking to him. Was, was he Prince's bodyguard? No, different oh. guy. Oh, that was a different guy. Well, actually, he was for a while, though, if you're talking about He's not one of the real big guys. Well, yeah, Chick. His name Chick. was Chick. No, Chick. Oh, yeah. Chick. Chick. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was thinking about Chick. Chick, yeah. Chuck, oh, Chuck, Chuck did some security as well. I think he did help out on Prince once, but I walk in and I see Chuck in there, wish moves, and... And this guy just won't stop threatening some other guy. You want to go outside? I'll kick your ass. And, just, and Chuck looks at me and goes, oh, God, I'll be right back. So he goes over there, he puts his arm around again. He goes, buddy, you got an option. Oh, yeah, what's my option? Well, you can go out the front door and go home or go out the back door and go to the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> the guy went out the front door. Wow, reason, <laughs> so you're good. reasoning. Yeah. Reasoning, reason with <laughs> almost, the guy. Almost conciliatory. You don't want to get hit by Chuck, man. Get hit in the mush with that fist. Woo! So the guy was pro-choice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. My downtown story was uh, where Mackenzie's is now. It used to be called the Speakeasy. Oh, yeah. And me yep. and Peter Gurton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're 14. God. We have 10 cents left. It's like... Nine o'clock at night on a Saturday. We have no money. We took the Medicine Lake bus lines down oh, yeah. downtown. We have no money. I go up. Well, I know where my dad is. You know, he, no, he was at the speakeasy. Oh, he's at the speakeasy. He's at the speakeasy. Okay. So Peter and I sit in there from like nine to midnight, and this guy, just this stupid legendary line of me and Peter's, we're sitting there watching everybody drink and watching my dad drink. And this guy comes up to us and goes, "I've been drinking too heavy." I've been drinking too heavy. I've been drinking too heavy. That's phenomenal. You were like, how old at this point? Oh, 14. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. When are we getting out of here? Imagine right. that. A cross-cultural paradise. Yeah. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in. Pocket Cast, Teaser, Amazon Music, Audible, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Google Podcasts, CastBox, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President at North American Banking Company. And I'm Mike Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a community bank based right here in the Twin Cities, we believe in taking the time to get to know our customers and their businesses. And part of that is hiring and cultivating a team of experienced lenders. When your business banks with us, you're not training in a new inexperienced banker. In fact, our bankers have worked with many of the same customers for years, earning their trust. 
We get to know you and your business, and you get to know and rely upon us. When your business is looking to capitalize on an opportunity or solve a problem, we'll be here to help you. Tom here. I know Brad and Mike, and I trust that with my banking, they've personally delivered on everything they've just said. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. You all have helped build MyPillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Was it, Mike, we used to talk about the copper squirrel all the time. The I remember squirrel, that. yeah. The squirrel was down there. <laughs> Boy, there were some bars down there. Oh, yeah. Remember the filling station? No. Where was that? <clears throat> that was about 12th and Hennepin. Really? It's, yeah. The filling station. Yeah, it was a big, mm-hmm. it, it looked like all pimp cars in front of it for two blocks. There were Eldorados with the big Continental spare tires on them. 12th and Hennepin. Yep. On the Loring uh, Loring Park side of, of Boy, I don't remember that place yeah. at all. Isn't that a college there now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's, that's where the college is there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that where St. Thomas is or something? No, uh, is it Minneapolis? Uh, it's Minneapolis Community College. Oh, yeah. it's Community College. Oh, there, yeah. Okay, I know yeah. what you're talking about. Okay. What oh, those joints like, you know, like Rusty Nail, like off 100 and St. Louis Park, those places. That was phenomenal. Mm-hmm. What other? Because I remember the Rusty Nail. Was that like in the red corner when in? in I'm not sure. I, I think I, it's like where Chipotle is now. Or something. Yeah, yeah, that's where it was. It was, a, it was in that area, right off well, 36 that whole strip, and 100. Jennings. Yeah, Jennings. Yeah, and oh, uh, yeah, Jennings there. And so. Classic. Yep. Classic. All that stuff. What what was it? Was it the boulevard? And what was the other one that was on Highway 12? And they actually had an island in the middle of the of the highway. Really? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Remember that? Remember was that the it. boulevard? Or Turner's was Crossroad. It was on Turner's Crossroad. Turner's Crossroad. Yeah. That's exactly right. right. But people didn't know this, but I knew it because of where I grew up. There was a special door for the... Let me say, I don't want to use the word mafia. <laughs> <laughs> they had their own door and their own area of the bar that no one else could go into. Yeah, really. That was weird, man. My mom and dad used to work at The Point. The Point, in yeah. In Golden Valley. Absolutely. You know, and that place had to be full of debauchery. Oh, yes. <laughs> all the north side people coming over yep. to Golden Valley, baby. That's all I know. In any so look at this. All we all we do is teach people how much better time their right. life has got. <laughs> Back when bar hopping was the only thing to do in oh the God. upper Midwest. How about the uh, the two dollar ninety five cent steak at Mr. Nibs? Mr. Nibs. Oh, oh, Mr. Nibs. In the oh, hub of hell. Wow. Oh, I know. Twenty six exactly and twenty six yeah. area. 26 yep. and 20, yeah, the hub of hell. Area. They called it the hub of hell because. When they set up the liquor patrol district, <laughs> it, it it went you know it was Hennepin Avenue basically on Lake Street. Yeah. But the hub of hell was sort of sort of isolated from the liquor patrol uh, because the horses. I mean, this goes way back to when you know the liquor patrol limits were Good horses. How old are you? They were, no, they were defined. Well, this thing went on for many years, okay. long past the horses, and so they they. But they were defined by the liquor patrol limits. Were defined by any area where the horses could get to easily. Really? Yeah. So well, I but, suppose. Yeah, that makes but, sense. But it, the hub of hell continued on. Hub of hell. And because you know you still couldn't get liquor licenses much past those streets, but the hub of hell was isolated. 
just not much, but a little bit. And so you had a certain subculture of, of hmm. bars that oh, yeah. sprang up there. Yeah, no doubt about it. God, these are great memories. I'm glad you, who, who brought this up because I love these memories. <laughs> They're all good. <laughs> little boy, because, again, I lived on Plymouth Avenue. I yeah. took a one-and-a-half-mile walk downtown almost every day. Yeah, that's when you could walk downtown and grab <laughs> exactly. the number four bus from uh, southwest Minneapolis for yeah. 10 cents and end up down oh, at Rifle God, Sport. Was, oh, was, man. Was, I, I loved Rifle Sport. Rifle yeah. Sport. Loved Rifle Did you play the baseball game? Sure. Yeah, sometimes. But that's where I learned to uh, gunch. Oh, gun, yeah, you know, gunching was and huge. And I learned to freeze the, What's the pinball. What's that? Gunch is you when you, the, you just shove the hell out of the pinball thing. machine. But if you gunching. shove it, oh. but each machine had its own sensitivity. Yes. It's tilt, tilt factor. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Some you could just really beat up, but some they would tilt just if you whispered on Yeah. It. So you had to learn all that. Yeah, indeed. Yep. What was wow. the other one called? Playland? Playland, Playland. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Playland. Was, yeah, Playland. Playland had the better baseball machines. Rifle Sport had the better the better classic pinball machines, like get, the Gottliebs and the Valleys. I got kicked out of Rifle Sport, or not Rifle Sport, but Playland once. Because, you know, I know this is hard to believe, but I was kind of a smartass when I was a teenager. <laughs> can't imagine for a second. Were you, you know? beating up the machine? No, I walked in, and the guy said, and I was 18 years old, mm-hmm. but he said, you don't, you don't look old enough. What do you, you can't come in. Because you had to be 18 at certain times of the day to play oh, really? the game. Yeah, you had to be 18 years old and it wouldn't let you in. Well, I used to hang no, out at those places like when I was 15. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But the guy said, are you 18? I said, yeah, I'm 18. He goes, show me your draft card. Now, Andy, you don't even know what a draft oh, card wow. is. I know what it is. Well, like, yeah, it's it's not a rough draft card. It's kind card. of right in the name. <laughs> no, it's a draft well, yes, card. there is that. And smart-ass me, of course, said, I burned it. Oh. I lasted about two more seconds. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah, was, you could either leave out the front door <laughs> or, the or the back door. door. Exactly. Wow. I, it was I, a joke, for <laughs> Christ's sake. I actually did burn my draft card, but it was not an act of protest. It's just an we, accident. We were No, we were listening on the radio in David Kolachi's basement as they called out the lottery numbers. Oh, I was 1A at the time. My number was 356. And just impetuously, I took out my draft card and rolled a joint with it. There you go. Yeah. I was 27. Thank you. It's a little you. harsh. 27. Did you hear me? <laughs> 356. Yeah, well, some good guys thing I was get mentally all ill, so I didn't have to go. No. <laughs> oh, he goes, yeah. He agrees Still with works me. today. Still works today. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Dougie. What? You know, I'm just watching. I know. It's, it's a ping awesome. pong volley we got going here. It is. This is great. But you know what? Looking back on where you grew up with a bunch of people who grew up in the same area is is wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, you must do that when you go back. Oh, sure. Back home. It's just all the great things that you used to, you know. And we still got a couple. Murray's is still where it's always been. Yes. I mean, I really, really still miss a couple of those other steakhouses. Yeah. Charlie's was just, oh, mm, my God, I loved going to Charlie's. When I drove cab, I used to pick up the Mater Dia there. He called it Chuck's Truck Stop. Chuck's Truck Stop. <laughs> Take me to Chuck's Truck Stop. <laughs> well, didn't your folks work downtown as well? Was it? They did. Uh, I remember, like, the, the Blue Ox. The Blue Ox. Leamington yeah. Hotel. Um, yes, Harry's was another great place I remember we went to. Oh, the Harry's great. burned down. Yeah. Harry's yeah. on purpose. A lot of great acts came in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was a scene. Who was the most famous person ever stayed at the old Lemington? I don't know. Come on. Well, it wasn't John Bob F. Short, Kennedy. I know that. John really? F. Kennedy. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. right. Remember yes, that? Stayed I remember. at the Lemington. Because they used to, Bob Short, was uh, he owned the Lemington. Yeah. Yep. And and he was a player in the Democratic Party. 
Mm -hmm. And uh, so they used to have, like, DFL gatherings Yes, there. yes, they did all the time. And, and all the guys who were in town for the conventions would stay there, too. Yeah, they would. I remember that because, like I said, my mother was a big-time big Democrat, so I knew all that stuff. Well, I remember we wow. went down there one night to try to get a glimpse of JFK. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It... Uh, God, that was those are great memories. That's great. And I got to be honest with you, WCCO Radio was part of that whole deal. Because sure. like, oh my God, that's where WCCO oh, Radio was. Yeah, yeah. That was a huge deal. You're looking up; it's the big tower with the letters on it. Honest to God, it's just, it was wonderful. Yeah, these are great memories, Doug. Good call. Well, yeah, it is kind of fun. Now there are great clubs in town today. No, there still. are. They're There's just no and some of them are it. the same. Bunkers has been around forever. Bunkers has been around. Mm -hmm. I, my favorite was always the caboose, and they don't. It's not the same scene that it was. Oh, really? No. Once in a while, it is, but it's generally just sort of a. It, and the whiskey's done. Yeah, yeah the whiskey's done long, long ago, but yeah. still, uh, yeah, it's 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 shifted for sure. Hook to and the in fact, uh, if there's, I'm sure there are music fans listening. There's a, a guy playing at the Hook and Ladder, which is. Blake and Minnehaha. Yeah, Third Precinct, where yeah. it used to yeah, be. Yeah, right across the street yeah. from the burned down Third Precinct. Um, there's an uh, English guy playing there tonight named uh, Davy Knowles, who was just Oh, he's horrific. a killer. Was I saw a guitar him. Player? Yeah, saw we oh, interviewed him. Yeah, he's a and I saw him up Woo. at uh, New Hope Cinema Grill right before COVID. Yeah. Oh, wow. And this, yep. He's just, if he's you like classic power trio yeah. music, nobody told Davy that that music's dead because he just, he's. A badass, and he's a really, really nice guy. I talked to him yeah, at the gig really for about 20 minutes and couldn't have been nicer. So that's at the hook and ladder, and that's tonight. It just popped up on my uh, thing. So. It is interesting that, you know, the transformation of where clubs were. I mean, when I started, you had a lot of bowling alleys that were clubs. Yeah. yeah. You know, Stardust, and bands would play there play five days a week, six days yeah, a week, nothing you know, two weeks at a time. To play a gig at a bowling alley. And, and now Stardust you have, you know, places like, you know, crooners and chart house live yeah. and you know all these places them I and they start at seven o'clock it's a whole different yeah. scene bunkers is really kind of the last holdout of yeah. starting at 9 30. Well, yeah, everything else has changed you know, when i was yeah. in my 20s we'd get me and my buddy would get city pages out and go okay do we want to see mary jane all we mm -hmm. want to see the stud brothers do we want to see safety last we was oh who's good who's playing it was yeah. just you had your pick of great bands to see and, and it's it's different now it really is yeah but. Well, there's too much to do now. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You, you can watch a concert in your bathtub. Yeah, that's right. And, you know, you don't need to go out anymore. You just keep giving me great memories, man. What was the name of it? Down 26th and 26th. Mm. It was, I know it was like Maryland's for a while. What was well, that? Duffy's. Yeah. It? it was Duffy's. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, Duffy's. Duffy's, and yeah. then it yep. became something. Norma, Norma Jeans. Norma Jeans. Yeah. Norma Jeans, that's there you go. And then go. it became Barrage. Nightclub for the Oh, yeah, days. Barrage. That so, was that was an era. Oh, that was a big right. old joint. Tom, you, you might know this. Trivia question. Who was arrested for obscenity at Freddy's bar? John F. Kennedy. <laughs> John F. Kennedy. He went in there. F you people. Where's Suzanne Plachette? <laughs> this one is almost intuitive. This no, was wait people. a minute. Oh, we weren't old enough. Run it to by go, me again. Go and, who was arrested for obscenity at Freddy's downtown Minneapolis? Well, would it be Lenny Bruce? Of course. Okay. Oh, wow. I've never heard of Freddy's. Absolutely. It's, I've never heard of it before. That'll do it. That's I, a great movie, too. I was never too. in the place. Yeah, With Dustin Hoffman? It is. God, that's he a great movie. That role. He does. He really does. Does his daughter still live here? Because I used to see him walking down Hennepin Avenue once in a while. Oh, really? Because his daughter lived here oh, for, I didn't know for that. a while. Yeah. But my great memory about Norma Jean's, it was Duffy's at the time. 
I got uh, the tubes in town. I'm working at Capitol Records at the time. I got the tubes in town, and I got Duran Duran on their very first American tour. Oh, wow. Right? So I'm talking to Simon LeBon and Nick Rhodes, two of the nicest guys. I haven't seen those guys in like 40 years now. It just makes me sad. I couldn't see them last two weeks yeah, ago they either. Just, they were supposed to be. It had, rained out. Yeah, yeah it was it a horrible out. storm. You were there, right? But I was not there. Oh, okay. How about this action? So we decided what I would do is I would take Duran Duran to see the tubes at Northrop Auditorium and then take Fee Wayville to Feeble. see Duran Duran at Duffy's. What a day that was. Oh, oh my gosh. God. But I tell you one thing, Nick Rhodes, you know, a little tiny, not a very big guy. He's a very nice guy, but he goes, Tom, Tom, do me a favor. I want to go to, I want to have a Whopper. I said, what? Goes, I want a Whopper. I want to go to Burger King. I said, you want to go to Burger King? He goes, I heard the Whoppers are great. I said, you sure you want to go to Burger King? He goes, I want a Whopper. And he kept in, right? <laughs> oh, wow. I take him on 66th in Richfield there. Sure. That Burger King's always been there. Oh, yeah. Yep. yeah. yeah. All right, we're just... So we're sitting there. I bring him his, his whopper. He takes one bite, and he puts it down. And he goes, Tom, I'm going to get some proper food. <laughs> <laughs> proper, not the whopper. Yeah, proper rather than the whopper. <laughs> That's great. Oh, man. That was a great life. Taking music—I will tell you, Mick. Honest God, taking musicians around when they're really big stars is because, re- in general, ninety-nine percent of them are really nice people yeah. who are just grateful as hell. Yeah. I mean, the you know Billy Squire was a great guy, to, except he always had a little like the white powder right here, yeah. and I didn't know what that was all about. Uh, yeah. Somebody just did a little chapped lip. Is that what it was? Next to the cold sore. Herpes. Yeah. Yeah, it was herpes. <laughs> yeah, next to the cold sore. Yeah, I got a flare up. No, I actually drove Barry Gibb around when oh, the, yeah. the, the, Beatle, uh, the Beatles, the Bee Gees, were doing yeah. their concert tour here. And I was driving a limo, and uh, the guys wanted to go to a gentleman's club. At the time, it was solid gold. Oh, yeah. And uh, so I'm taking Jonas Goldstein, the manager, with the briefcase. And Mike, who was the head of security, none of the Bee Gees were there, mind you, but it was the security guys. And they wanted to go out and go upstairs. And, and so I, I set it up. I said, well, that's great. So they said, Peter, you got to come up too and leave the car. So I'm standing there with them. And the bar closes down in Minneapolis at 1 a.m. Well, they weren't used to 1 a.m. They yeah, wanted to go till sure. 3. So they were getting belligerent. And, and, and then all of a sudden, all-star wrestling appeared. I think it was Ric Flair said, you're getting out right now. And Mike is like, he's this Mike was a bouncer for ACDC as well. Next thing you know, it moves out to the street. And there's oh, a, God. Rick does the, the patented headbutt. And lands Mike in the hospital. I've got little General Skolstein running around going, this is not good. <laughs> and I, stay, you got to stay with me until we figure this out. And um, so that was a... It was a crazy time because um, here I am, dr- the driver for Barry most of the time, and none of the brothers rode together. It was everybody had their own little sure. situation at that point, too. But, yeah, I ended up uh, getting a pair of ACDC tickets out of that because oh, it was the same security for ACDC as it was for the Bee Gees from that part of the world, management. And that was a, that was a nice little payoff for helping Jonas make it through the night and get Mike out of jail. God. So my driving of musicians was a few years ago. There was a, a fam, the Junker family in Stillwater, um, decided to put their foot in the in the water for Sturgis, and oh, they built this God. gigantic thing called the Boneyard, and it was unbelievable. John Domigol got booked a bunch of the classic rock acts, and and they tried it for like I was there for 17 days. I was the artist contact. 
God. picked him up at Rapid City, brought him to the Sturgis back and forth. It's quite an experience. Uh, Great White was one of the bands. And Jack, was, they, they come and they do like a four-hour sound check. I, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. Four hours. And then it's not a lot they, of they, dynamics in the great white music. No, but they right? no. pyrotechnics. <laughs> right. No, I, I, I'm thinking, okay, this is interesting. The crew's going, oh my god, you know. So Jack Russell, they're singing, and halfway through the show, Jack decides to do a commercial for whatever sunglass company that he's the spokesperson for. Now I've just paid this band in cash, a lot of money. I mean, it seemed like a lot of money to me. And the owner, the owner, of the, the father was just screaming at me on the phone. Tell that, stop talking about his fucking glasses. <laughs> just like, just scream. I, I can't stop him from talking. Oh <laughs> man, jeez. Like, yeah, it's a different world. I don't think people realize what a different world music is. They're not like you and me, Mick. You know that. It's an interesting. You know, every business has their unique. Uh, Idiosyncrasies. Well, <laughs> yes, speaking of which, the uh, reprise of Spinal Tap is coming out. I heard fall. the follow-up movie. I can't wait to see that. Same it's... people making it. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The same oh, guys. God, that'll be wonderful. They got, they got like, kind of got, um, kind of got screwed out on the on the financial gain from that movie. It was oh, kind of really. Yeah, they got, yeah, they significantly. It's really? insane how little they made in that That's film. Too bad. Well, who would have thought? I, you know. I'm sure they had no idea no. that it was going to turn into a cult hit. Yeah. Well, that and then the, all the spin-offs. But Spinal Tap is yeah. coming back, and it's going to be I hope it's good. Rob Reiner or Marty DeBerge apologizing right. for all the things that he led, misled the public on or whatever. Oh, part. really? Yeah. <laughs> so Rob's back in it. All of them are still doing it. I can't believe it. Except Fred, Fred's dead. He can't say Spinal Tap. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what the hell's that? Uh, oh, I know. I don't know. I will. I would look. It, it's forward raga. To yeah. <laughs> it's too much fucking too, raga. Too much raga. Raga. <laughs> I'm a huge Jeff Beck fan, but every time I look at Jeff, I have to go. You're Nigel Tufnell. Oh yeah, <laughs> the same dude. He looks just like him. He does. That's how it should be, don't you think? Uh, what another great moment, you know, Mick. You got to. You and I have talked about this on the phone once in a while, but when I see you, it's like. In a way, I have a connection to my brothers. Yeah, which I really, really enjoy. I, Nick and I, Troy thank were you really for that. Friends. It's very kind of you to, to make that but connection. But it's true. It, it's so it's great whenever whenever you come in. But I would say this: you're all that's left because his best friends are both in prison. So. Oh really? Oh wow! <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, Northside guys, yeah. you know, <laughs> it'll happen. <laughs> Oh God! But no, so I, I wanted to thank you for that. Cause well, you're very welcome. It's like, oh, it's Troy's. He was, he was, he um, was. Troy was just such a um, old school gentleman. Oh, he was. You know, yeah, when he when, when he was at the bar, he was like you. He, great, you know, great bartenders, great anything, any job. You know, if if they're really good at it, they get you in. You know, they welcome you yep. in, and you become yep. this this thing. And that's you know, because when I met Troy, he was at Crooners. Yeah. And Crooner, and yeah. that's you know, when, I mean, I met him before that, but right. you know, the last few times, and you know, bartenders are really interesting entities. They're really important. They're they're like a psychiatrist. Oh, yeah. oh, they're sure. they're a lot of things to people, and a really good bartender is priceless because mm -hmm. you can You're get right. things out of. You know, you get you, you talk about yourself to that person, but that person has to have the the capacity to accept it. 
and Troy was Troy was that. He was great. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, you know, as as the youngest in the family, it, that's a weird deal to have six brothers and sisters, and the youngest one dies first. Yeah, the hell is that? Yeah, that's yeah. That's but you know he he lived an interesting life. I would say. Yes, <laughs> he had a little bit of fun out there. Yeah, he did. He got he was funny too. He was so funny. Yep. One time we're out drinking with him, and he, he'd had a few, and some guy started lipping off. So Troy looks at me, looks at the guy, makes a fist, kisses his fist, and goes. <laughs> he points at the guy. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Whatever. That's, that's pretty good. It was hilarious. That's pretty I thought, good. The other guy didn't think it was funny, but I thought it was really funny. Yeah. Boy, if you've got a problem with nonverbal cues, you're in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, really. Don't, don't do that to an Asperger's guy. <laughs> no, I said, no, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Now, these are great memories. Everything you guys have talked about today is just, I love just even hearing about this stuff, whether it's music or venues or what the hell ever it is. Yeah. So it's, been, it's been my life since I was 11 years old when I was in a band, you know? So one that's the, a lot of years. One now. of the funniest stories along these same lines that happened, my stepbrother Dan Murphy from Soul Asylum yeah. was in on the show, and we were talking about Duffy's of all things. He goes, yeah, we hated playing there because the sound was just, it was really tough. It's a weird pineapple room. It's a weird room. You know, we called the the house uh, engineer Feedback Frank and blah, 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 blah. Well, this guy calls in who lives in Louisville, grew up in St. Paul, avid listener to both the morning show and all the podcasts. And he goes, yeah, tell me more about the recording, the, the sound engineer. And Dan's like, yeah, we call him Feedback Frank because the monitor's way all the time. Frank. It was his father. It was his father. <laughs> it was Dan Joe looked, from We all looked at each other like, uh, what are the odds of that? I mean, just about one in a trillion. Yeah, Joe, a I know you're town. listening. So. Feedback Frank was Joe's father. <laughs> but it was a tough room because of the way it was built. It was, yeah, it had a, the, the yeah. back room with the big domey. Yeah. yeah, it was very odd. It looked like it might have been a Polynesian thing at one I saw Sussman Lawrence there. Oh, God. That was a great band. Oh, wow. Yeah. God, Peter, that was a great band. Yeah. Jeff and those Peter guys. Himmelman is incredibly talented. He is. I was actually, that's where I saw the Burbs. I was, was it under, they did an all-ages show. And I asked my dad, can you take us down there? Because we didn't drive. And he was like, okay. My dad's 6'6", and he wore a trench coat and <laughs> sat at the front bar having a Coca-Cola watching people come in. And eventually the uh, management of Duffy's came over and said, um, excuse me, sir, are, uh, are you with the police force? <laughs> <laughs> and he just was sitting there waiting for me to come out of the back you know, with, with my friends. And we went and saw the Burbs. He had the knowledge of show. It was a great time. You know, it was really cool. I just did this yesterday, too. So these great buildings, these old spaces, there's a spot in St. Paul, which is called the Temple St. Paul. And it's an old 1923 Masonic Hall. Oh, where, where really? Sure. And it's uh, out on, it's like 1170 James and, and Edgecombe, kind of that whole okay. area. And um, so that space um, down in the men's room has the most incredible reverb. Oh, you I can bet. possibly imagine. So I yesterday I took uh, three guys called the Royals. These are like seventy year old dudes. That's where you recorded that. Didn't you hear that? I, well, I heard it, but I didn't. Yeah. That's where you actually recorded. I it? set up oh my, my old God, microphones and I set it up in the men's room. And these guys, <laughs> doo wop guys, came down and said sincerely. And the echo in that room, but just the whole building, wow. just had this uh, this time gone by kind of 
space and lore. I mean, just that kind of stuff. It was just was amazing. So any excuse to drag out a seventy year old ribbon mic and take it to St. Paul? That's what you did. <laughs> Straight up. Yep. You or know. to hang out in the men's room. That's right. Well, well we're, we're <laughs> going to call the album the men's room. Right. Live from the men's Both. room. <laughs> Both. Well, Both. I thought very, you were call very it fun. Stance, but that's another reference. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. Oh man, these are all great. Honest to God. You should do this more often on it's a blast. That's where you're going to be yeah. doing your your benefit for the for your nonprofit, right? Right. So Unlock Mission is doing a uh, on November fourth. We're going to sell some tickets and having a, a great band mix going to help out with the, uh, the the benefit. But we're raising money for Unlock Mission, um, and we have all these opportunities. You can go on unlockmission.org right now and donate. But how fun would it be to do have, have just a huge night of entertainment and um, and raise funds for music and education for the youth. You know, there's one other um, event we're doing, too. So Mike Vack, um, St. Paul Saints. He's been on the show several times. I haven't seen Mike so in a Mike, long time. Mike gets well, a hold he was of... sitting right there. Well, it must have been a year ago, actually. Yeah. Mike Vack gets a hold of, um, of one of our board members. His name is Mike Stumval, and he runs an organization, which is a giving organization called Mike's of America. Which is funnier than hell. It's yeah, a bunch it's of a guys idea. named Mike yeah. from so, all over the country so, to get together and do charity work. I'm surprised you're not in it. You should be. You know, they sent me a, a letter asking me not to attend. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, could you not come? <laughs> So on the last home game, the last home game of the season at the Saints, we're starting the road to the record. Or Mike is starting road to the record with the Saints and Mike and Mike's of America. So people um, can show up to the Saints game, buy a ticket for the Mike section, and they can sign up. And so next year, at this time, they are going to have a Guinness Book of World Record attempt on May 24th at the Saints game with all Mike's. And, and uh, they're going to try to get as many mics. I think it's 3,000. They're going to try to get one place at one time. But the cool thing about it is that, uh, you know, Unlock Mission is the named charity. So if you buy a ticket and go to the Mike's game on the 28th of September and uh, uh, forthcoming games, we get a percentage to, uh, to fund the nonprofit for UnlockMission.org. Cool. So go to, um, yeah. Talk and text at 561-228-4061. And I think there's a couple of tickets we'll, we, we can give away for that, too. But the 28th of September is the road to the record. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. Tune in. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Tommy, do you guys read a lot of poetry on the queue? You mean like, there once was a man from Nantucket? No, more like T.S. Eliot. April is the cruelest month, breeding lilacs out of the dead land, mixing memory and desire, stirring dull roots with spring rain. Dougie, what's wrong? You a little sad? No, other than the weather, nothing's wrong. In fact, in the Walzer world, Coon Rapids and Burnsville finish number one and two in the state of Minnesota. J-Lo finally beat Dan Resch. Well, that's pretty cool. Is it okay if I take all the credit? Well, I'd expect nothing less. Actually, we've got great inventory of some great vehicles, and these short-term leases are perfect for people who can't get the brands that they want. You told me about those. You can drive a new Nissan for as little as 18 months, and by then the chips will be aplenty. That's it exactly. We hope by then you'll be a Walzer Nissan convert. For great deals from the Minnesota sales leaders, go to Burnsville or Coon Rapids Nissan. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? 
Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know, And that's exactly my my question is, you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. So let me show you something, because I know a lot of mics, and I always, every time I try to call one of them, this comes up in my contact list. Okay, hang on a second. got to put my cheaters on. Cheaters. Holy buckets. Wow. All right, we just got to take your phone. Yeah, no I'm going to get the FBI on it. We're going to remove phone. your phone right now. <laughs> We're going to get a subpoena here. about four pages of mics. Well, I'm going to talk to you later. Okay, well, it's a good uh, connection. I, uh, I went to one Saints game. Yeah, and uh, you know, there's a lot going on there. The baseballs, you know, it's just fair, but <laughs> right. but yeah, you don't I go there for the baseball right. so much. It's a community, you know. It is. It is. You're right. And so, uh, for the guy I was with, said um, he said, "Oh, there's you know, you're going to want to meet uh, you know the uh, there's a nun." Who shall I show you the picture of the massage, guy you were with? It was me. <laughs> I thought you would jump in, but you were a little it's slow okay. there. I'm sorry. I, I gave you the cue, and I'm waiting. I didn't want to step on you. I'm sorry. No, I was. You were supposed to jump in, but that's okay. So, so he lobbed that one up there for you. Yeah, you know. Better head to North Memorial. Hanging curveball, and I'm the guy who hasn't slept in like four days. So, here we go. Um, so you know, oh, you, you got to you know, you got to meet sister, whatever, whatever sister. I can't remember her name. She's ninety, and she gives massages. And she gives massages, and so. Oh yeah, in the chair. She yeah. got her own chair. Yeah. So she walks over to us, and she's giving me this beatific smile, right? And the only thing I could think of to say was, "Don't touch me, sister." <laughs> <laughs> Which was a good line. She understood that, didn't she? Yeah, it was. It was a blurt more than anything. A blurt. Now, now yes. speaking of charities, you're involved in something pretty special that we've talked about on the yeah. show before, but it, it it bears repeating. Yeah, thanks. Think, yeah, so I, I I run. Yeah, I I started a thing called the Thirty Days Foundation in 2011, and it, it assists uh, Minnesota families and individuals that are in real life financial crisis. And when we make a grant, uh, it doesn't go to the person; it goes to the service provider that requires the payment. So it's, you know, things like, you know, storage unit bills and electricity bills and back rent and security deposits and medical bills, car repairs, all that really boring stuff that when you start falling behind in that stuff, that's when families get in a lot of trouble because it always starts with, you know, one or two things that turn into 10 things. Um, so since 2011, uh, I've, I've done this and we're getting close to 110,000 grants that we've done since 2011 wow. all across the state of Minnesota and it's it's an amazing it's a very unique charity 
Um, and we have a, over 60 different charities around the state that reach out to us when their clients have, you know, they've done everything they can do for their clients, but they, their client may need something more. So it's not everything, but, but most people don't need everything. They just need a couple of things. To, so they don't need everything. And that's really what we specialize in. So when we have the funds to do that, we can move very quickly. It's a really cool idea. It's, a, it's like it's better to do a little now than have to do a lot later. It's right? actually a really – I was so surprised that no one had thought of it. So I mean, this is back in MySpace days. I was I went, did somebody think of this? Yeah. Because it seems to make so much sense and nobody really had in the way that I was that I set it up. That anybody could ask if you're a resident of Minnesota, you don't need to be a certain certain economic level because people, middle class, high class people, you know, high income people, when they get in, in debt, <clears throat> there's no services for them, but they still could get evicted. Yeah. They still could get their car repossessed because things like that happen because of things that don't, right. you can't plan for. A spouse gets sick. Whatever. What if you know? a guy hypothetically got behind on his boat payment? Yeah. <laughs> Do you cover that? Yeah, that's a, that's an, that's, that. that's the maritime version of the thirty days foundation <laughs> yeah, that I need to start. But yeah, we're we're actually doing a really fun free event on at the Chart House in Lakeville on Sunday, September twenty fifth. Uh, I've I'm calling it the, it's the human catnip trifecta. It's called bingo, bean bags, and burgers, and it's free. And it's at the Chart House from 4 to 7 um, on sun Sunday, September 25th. If you want to play bingo, it's 20 bucks. If you want to do beanbags, unlimited both, it's 20 bucks. The proceeds go to the 30 Days Foundation. I think it's going to be really fun. Just yeah, a very you know. kind of an open house kind of a thing. People find out about the 30 Days Foundation, uh, have some nice burgers outside in that gorgeous patio. It really is a beautiful house. place. A beautiful I'm glad place. that it I remember it back in the 80s as this, it was a spectacular dinner club. And then kind of yeah. started to... It, 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 it needed, needed some, some love. Help. It needed some love. And Briano's came in and, and they've really just... It's stunning there now. It's a gorgeous space inside <clears throat> and out. So we've never done this event before. I have no idea how many people might show up. Could be 500, could be 50. I don't know. It's free. We've never done it. But I think, you know, those three things of bingo, bean bags, and burgers, it, it is human catnip. Nobody, people love <laughs> all resistant. those things. Yeah. So, you know, you've raised more money for charity than Elon Musk. That's true. Yeah. Oh, you got That's that true. right. That's true. Well, he's only worth a quarter of a trillion. Well, what yeah, do you I want mean, from him? Exactly. A quarter of a trillion dollars. And, and what, what would happen if he got sick? Yeah. You so know? he needs so the he, money. He can't be just can't giving just out money. Doling out. No. God, how many billionaires are there in this country? That's why we got an email from Shmilan yesterday. It was a sh <laughs> Shmilan? Shmilan. Uh, Hi, my name is Shmilan. Uh, <laughs> uh -huh. The guy that uh, founded Patagonia gave it away today. He gave it away, yep. yeah. To, uh, yeah. Uh, I saw that, yeah. Management what do you mean he gave it away? He gave the company away. Really? Yeah, it's going to be run by uh, a trust that invests in environmental uh, activities. Wow! And one of the you know one of the world's most prominent billionaires died just a week ago in England. Ah, <laughs> ah yeah, I see. What are you talking about? She, she was give it, give, give. She was only really though worth like I think they said like 
three four billion. Three four billion. It yeah. didn't, today that wouldn't get you on the top fifty list. Oh all. God, not even close. I mean, yeah. in the U.S., it wouldn't it get you in the top ten in Minnesota. <laughs> Probably well, not. Close. Yeah, you're right. God, billionaires. It's yeah. unbelievable. <laughs> well, at least you know. You know, the, the great thing about being a billionaire is you don't have to pay taxes. Yeah, well, exactly. So, well, that's, that's, that's what they said. Charles or Charles the Third, King Charles the Third, mm-hmm. now is the, you know, benefactor or the the person managing that. No taxes. Nope, no taxes. Yeah. And but he already she did had pay a, taxes. She did. He she, didn't. He, he had. Didn't. He, yeah. he had a built up a fortune of his own. Like over a billion dollars. Uh, yeah. And now he's down to what seven fifty because he has to switch over to hers. <laughs> so he lost a quarter of a billion dollars just by taking the throw. You know, I think it's really it's, you know there are people that are really <clears throat> don't understand the whole royalty no monarch thing, but I I think that will never go away in in the UK. Not in England. Not it, in England. You're they right. it's. It's part of them. It's who they are. Yeah. You, there's no way that's going to change. No, they do love it. They love it. They do. It's true. I, matter of fact, I ran into a, a British couple when I was at Martha's Vineyard. We were in Edgartown, and we ran into a British couple. But they both said it's time to wrap that up. Yeah. They don't like it. Yeah. There are some people, but most. Brits I think love yeah, it. They're, they're, it, that's a minority. It I is think a minority, most people. Definitely. I just was totally it. puzzled by the torrent of, of uh, media coverage because. Yeah, I never, I, I probably haven't read a hundred words about the royal family in my lifetime. Well, that one I wrote to you was only two words. I wrote, I saw her picture and wrote you a nice hat. <laughs> <laughs> that girl had some hats, man. She did have some Holy hats. God. I mean, I had to go to Wikipedia. Yeah. To to find out, you know, something about Queen Elizabeth. Yeah, I don't know. What I found that. out was that she could host, uh, like, over 2,000 people at a time. Uh <laughs> You could play uh, over, thanks to her, you could play uh, shuffleboard. Um, but what really amazed me was that she could stay afloat for like three months at a time. It's unbelievable. And it's, it's a, such a huge ship, yeah. too. That's the other part of it. <laughs> I shouldn't call her a ship, ship I guess. I, yeah, you're right. I probably shouldn't. That didn't go anywhere, did it? No, I like You really haven't slept very much, have you? (laughs) In in my lifetime. Nice guy. Collectively? We're feeling that one. Nick, i got to ask you a question personally. Yeah. Because I just finally watched it. I held off and held off because it was way too long. What did you think of Elvis? Did you see the movie? No, I haven't seen it yet. yet? No. I I haven't seen it yet. I really did. The clips looked looked amazing. That was very good. I thought the kid was really, really good. He looks I thought, stunning. They found thought, the one person who was actually better looking than Elvis. He is crazy and good looking. Great he is. Singer. Yeah. Just terrific. No question. But My wife, Michelle, says, I wish he could have died a half hour earlier. <laughs> it's true. That's pretty Two funny. hours and ten minutes would have yeah. been great. It yeah. was the, it was the English patient Elvis movie. It yeah. took, <laughs> took too long. Exactly. Yeah. See, I thought Tom Hanks was horrible. I thought he was terrible. Well, I, I had no idea. It was yeah. a weird accent, but I didn't know that story at all. Oh, I you just, didn't? I thought Colonel Tom Parker was just I, like I tell you Colonel what, Sanders. The, the, book, the quintessential book Kentucky. to read about Elvis is called Elvis by Albert Goldman. Did you guys read that book? Oh, yes. Right after Elvis passed away? Yeah. It was one of the saddest things I've ever read. Yeah. You just read that thing and you go, that poor son of a bitch had no chance. No, he had no chance. He had no, no chance. chance. And that's a lot of people in your business and my business. Man, people and money, they will run right over you for five If you don't have someone in your life saying no, yeah. you're done. You're and, done. And you Albert done. didn't write happy books. No. <laughs> no. That's true. That's and a good he was, point. he was, uh, yeah. my it's, buddy it's Neil brutal. Carlin, 
talks I a like lot. Neil. How's Neil? Uh, Neil's good. Good. He's, he's good. Yeah, he's he's uh, you know, of course, his his Prince book did very well. Yep. And uh, but he was telling me some stories about Albert Goldman because he he kind of knew the guy a little bit in New York. Oh, okay. And uh, it's uh, it's not a pretty story. It's no, are there any pretty <laughs> stories anymore in that business? Well, this Probably one's. Not. I mean, if somebody, the only person who could really do a, I think, do justice to Albert Goldman's uh, autobiography would be Albert Goldman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because it would really be tragic. A lot of tragedy, baby. Yeah. But I agree with your friend. Couldn't you die a half hour earlier? <laughs> yeah. I can't take you the time, Elvis, but... Uh, yeah. it, was, it was way too long. Two hours and 40 minutes? That's a long time. Yeah, but I agree with you. Elvis was phenomenal. Yeah. That guy was really yeah. good. So did, did you see Licorice Pizza yet? No, I heard it's really good, though. Yeah. i got to watch I it. I heard that's really good, too. I thought it was terrific. Yeah. I do. You, you recommended it, and I will definitely watch it on your recommendation. Because most movies right now are not very good. No, I don't recommend many movies. Jesus. Is that out on one of the services? Or do you have to see it in the theater? Or I think that one was actually in the theaters. It was yeah. in the theater. Yeah. But I don't know if it is available oh, now. I, I watched it free. On Amazon Prime. Oh, well, there you go, Amazon Prime. Oh, That'll there it is. It. That's where we'll go. And basically, the premise of the movie is... Oh, man, it's it's like... it's, it's, it's You got licorice it touches, and you got pizza. It touches yes. on a lot of things, but it, it really mocks four the... Hours. Uh, it mocks California culture. Good. It's, uh, I'm in. It's, a, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, there's, there's, naturally, there's a love story, uh, but it's not really... It's, it just sort of ties everything together. The love story happens to be between like a 25-year-old woman and a 15-year-old boy, but there's no sex. There's no sex. Well, that's a good thing. Yeah. It actually kept Mike up. Well, it was like the story of my wait. life. Yeah. <laughs> no sex. No sex. No sex at all. It rang true. <laughs> it rang true because of the no sex. I can empathize. I uh, honestly. So, is there? Does it lean Italian because of the licorice and the pizza? Well, Licorice Pizza was a uh, what was it? Was it a bar? I think it was a bar in. Oh, so it was a in LA. They used to call yeah. Records, albums, Licorice Pizza. Licorice Pizza. They I didn't know that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. The Italians love calling it Licorice Pizza. Oh, yeah. wow. That's why I thought it was about music or something, but it's oh, not. It's, it's, See, we it's, learned something it's today. It's funny, and it's it's a hip. It's uh, even though it is uh, it's set in like 1970, 1970 oh, okay. Hollywood for the most part. But it's just it's just very funny. The acting's great. The I can't remember the name of the director, but he's done all sorts of great stuff. Yeah, I did. That. It is. It's a, you're right. The director's a very very big time guy. Yeah. No doubt about. It. Yeah. Yeah. That California. That just came up yesterday. As a matter of fact, somebody brought up about I don't know 20 years ago. Uh, Dave Hamilton and I, because Dave was still program director at KQ at the time, we got a call. Uh, they wanted us to come out to KLOS in Los Angeles, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted us to go work out there and all the rest of it. So Catherine and I hopped on a plane and flew out and met everybody and went around and blah, blah, blah. And Dave came separately and he did his part. And so we're leaving and I said, I, I don't want to live here. You know, it, yeah. it's just not my kind of place. Great radio station back in the day. It'd be quite an honor to work in the second largest market in America, but I already worked in New York, so who cares, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I said, what am, how am I going to tell Hamilton this, that I don't want to come here because it was a package deal. He and I would go together. Oh, wow. I said, I don't know how I'm going to tell him I don't want to come. As I'm talking to Kath, my phone rings, and Dave goes, I'm not moving to L.A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, what a coincidence. I was like, no. Yeah, I, I don't. 
I've never. I spent time in L.A. Have you spent a lot of time in L.A., Mick? I, no, just you know, two or three weeks. And it, it's just not my kind. It was of fine. Place. It did not. It's me okay. Yeah. yeah. It's not that it's horrible or. You anything. get out of L.A. like get down to San Diego and that whole yeah. area down there. That's a whole other scene. It but is, yeah, if you want to just sit yeah. on the highway, great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there is that. What yeah. is the four hundred five? Is it that's the big one? Yeah. Yeah. The 405, you just sit there for hours on end and stare it out into the... Even at 11 o'clock at night, they have traffic jams. Yeah, they it's, do. It's yeah, they do. Crazy. Who needs it, right? I was bumper to bumper with James Gandolfini. Oh, oh really? God, I loved him. Yeah. I just, by coincidence, just I just started Sopranos over again from episode one, uh, baby. Oh, how cool. Oh, my God, that show's you know, funny. You know what, I mean, there's thousands of amazing scenes, but the one that kills me every time <laughs> I see it is when Anthony gets out of jail after trying to kill his uncle mm-hmm. in the mental uh, ward right. and he goes you know you're such a hypocrite you know every time we see the godfather you you cheer and 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 and, and tony goes anthony you, you make me want to cry that's a movie <laughs> it's just a movie. You gotta grow up. And it was like, oh my god, it's, it's so sad. It's that so. Show. Oh, you, it's oh seriously, god. that is one of the best shows ever made. It's it, absolutely. David Chase, executive producer of that bad boy. But James Gandolfini died at fifty-six. Mm. Yeah, that's crazy. It's only fifty-six. Had a heart attack. Right? Yeah, on the four hundred five. Well, I think it was on the four hundred five. On the four hundred five. Cocaine induced, wasn't it? I mean, if you have well, a. Uh, you, you don't, don't have to throw them under the bus. Yeah, I mean, just a little medical advice. This is new respect. research. That yeah. If you have a bad ticker, cocaine is really not not going to help you. Yeah, this is true. Probably don't want to be There'd much be overweight like either. One lunged people that smoke. It's just wow. it doesn't work very well. No, you're he probably right. had yeah. about the, the the ten deadly habits. He de- oh he definitely did. <laughs> yeah. The drinking, the smoking, the eating, the all of eating. Not a lot of exercise. No, not a lot, a lot of exercise. A lot of tension, a lot of aggression. You, you can name I it. I loved I loved the films that he did. You know, past Sopranos. That yeah. film he did oh, with yeah. Julie Louis Dreyfus. Yep. Yep. Oh, amazing. Yeah. And then the Where the Wild Things Are. Did you ever see that? Yes, I did. That was. I recently we rewatched Get Shorty, which I just love. Yeah. Just a, but and he plays a hitman in that. Yeah. Named Bear. Yeah. Just great. Did, it's, did great. his son? Uh, aren't they doing a, a prequel? His son did uh, the Princess of uh, Newark. There's no. What, yeah. What was it? Was it was kind of like the uh, prequel something of Newark. Newark. Prince of Newark. Something like that. Something Newark. You're right. Yeah. Something Newark. Yeah. But my favorite thing about his character, Tony Soprano, James Gandolfini, somebody, hey, Tone, we got to go. This is this new business. We'll take it over. We'll make so much money. It's going to be unbelievable. I'm telling you, I studied the whole thing. We'll make so much money. You ain't going to believe it. And Tony Soprano goes, who the hell do you think you are? Albert Weinstein? <laughs> he never got anybody's name right. <laughs> never. Maybe that was on purpose. Albert Weinstein. <laughs> Laughing like that's great. Nobody's name was ever correct. (laughs) You know, isn't that great about about culture though? You look back, whether it's music, we talked about venues and and watching television, listening to radio and stuff. What the hell would people do without media? How the hell did they ever get by without media back in the day? Yeah. Bards. They're always in entertainment. It's just being human. I remember when people read though. That's true. Like uh, when I think of, of Stories about L.A. I think of the Day of the Locust. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Which to me is the greatest story of all time yeah. about about L.A. You're right about that. It's Jeez. funny you uh, go back to the good old days when people were reading, but if you keep going, then people weren't reading because they were illiterate. 
They were all in the very sick looking. So we, yeah, so we're just back at uh, ground zero. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I miss those days. Yeah. The illiteracy yeah. days? Yeah. The oh. illiteracy days. Well, they're, they're back. <laughs> I will tell you that. Oh, with a <laughs> 60, I think it's 66% of Minneapolis-St. Paul students, uh, 12 to like 17, cannot read. That what was, was that? They can't read at grade level. Like they can't read at grade, grade, grade level. level. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, they could read. I don't doubt it at all. 66%. Inexcusable. What are they teaching in our schools? Very little. I mean, how do you not know how to read when you're 15 years old, for Christ's sake? Well, not to mention, so much is like the internet, which is all reading. It's all reading, yeah. You think, anyway. I suppose if you're just watching reels all day, then that's not reading at all. Or Facebook. I suppose, yeah, there is. Which really is not an exercise in literacy. No. I haven't been on those sites in nine years now. Facebook, it's where people get their news. It, oh yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. There's no, there's no shift or, or like it doesn't lean one way or the other too much. Other, everything is about politics now. Well, yeah. Facebook is is a great example. You know, you say you're in the middle, but there's nothing in the middle on Facebook. No, no. no well, there's not, not on the national news either. Well, you don't get clicks no. if you, you stay in the middle. It's boring. Where the hell would you go to get like an even keel opinion on any news story? Is there anybody? I try to go to the BBC World Report, but that even that you know leans. It is the best news show, though. Yeah, yeah. you know, it's, and it's, you of certainly see it's more stories there that you you don't see anywhere else. And BBC World the only News, thing about for sure. The BBC World knows, News is they make they don't come out and say it, but they really think Americans are stupid because <laughs> when they report the stories, it's like. But, uh, I know but all American. we're talking Joe about is Biden today. That's all we're talking about is is how Americans are stupid. So yeah. Why oh can't yeah. They? You're right. You're absolutely right about that. Yeah, Americans are all stupid, and we don't. Yeah, other than the fact that we pay for everything, but other than that, everything's good, right? No, I'll click. I'll click over both sides of the coin. I'll see what are they talking about here, yeah. and then mm-hmm. I, it's like, yep. okay, mm-hmm. let's see how they're responding. Nothing. Buried. It's not even close. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, I, so I just like, give, I give up. You know, I'm just going to get on my boat and go swimming. If you're fascinated by aliens, ghosts, cryptid creatures like Bigfoot, then I have the show for you. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. Each week, we investigate different claims of the supernatural, bringing you the top guests and experts from around the world. Listen on all of your favorite podcast platforms. The Paranormal 60 with Dave Schrader. And we are back with Stretch's Picks. You know, Tom, uh, there's a lot of analysis that goes into these picks. Yeah. And uh, I highly recommend betting, of course. I always recommend betting. Yeah, absolutely. So who's winning this thing? The kitties, the pack, the bears, or the purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. I know, but it's a hell of an HVAC company. They do the most thorough system tune-up in the industry. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. It's also the smartest time to call and schedule your furnace tune-up with Sabre. Get the most thorough tune-up in the industry from the people who keep my home comfortable. So, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. 
It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home, list it on the MLS, and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Are human beings being taught to not enjoy one another's company tonight i mean i talk all the time about the mm-hmm. fact that i do this show with my wife my son my daughter our friends come in it's just i love this yeah, yeah. most mm-hmm. people don't give a rat's ass about family no anymore. it's 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 love a few and hate everyone else yep. and hate everyone exactly. else yeah why do you want to hate people it takes a lot out of you to hate yeah, people. yeah it's, it? it's very hard on you yeah i would think so i don't know why you want to do that I guess that's why I think music is such a, a great Absolutely. Threat. You take everything else and one song at a yep. time, you just kind of say, this is what we're going to be focusing on and taking mm-hmm. the divisiveness out. And um, and that's kind of what we're trying to do uh, with Good our move. mission is to say, let's get people together and actually Love it. listen and work with each other versus doing this and not looking up. Well, and, you know, my partner in Mixed Presents, John John Scott, yep. you know, he has the... He, Trademark that phrase. Music keep keeps the peace, peace one will, hour at a time. Yeah, love it. That's that's what it is. Thank you, John, for that. That's one. A, that's a good phrase. So I it think makes that sense. that's that's why there's always going to be room for good music. And yeah. So I thank you for that. But why is it that every time I go to a concert that I've really been waiting for, there's someone standing. Now, of course, you can't sit at a concert anymore. There's someone standing right next to me singing along with the band. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's a great SNL skit. It had to be 20 years ago when Will Ferrell was on there. They're at a Van Morrison concert, and Victoria oh, Jackson God. is in the seats oh, right in front of them, standing up and flailing her arms around the whole time. It's really, it's really funny. I've, I've been to Van Morrison concerts like, you know, 40 years apart. And the more recent ones, I would welcome someone doing that like could you stand in front of me so i can't see this sourpuss (laughs) (laughs) i saw him at northrop probably 10 years ago it was one of the quietest best sounding concerts i ever heard we were in like the 10th row it couldn't have been 85 or 90 db but it was like he had headphones on well i mean i have to do a natural leading because i'm doing i'm doing my van morrison show on Mm. sunday Ah. on the 18th at chardos live and the reason i wanted to do that show was because the the van morrison show that i saw at Target Center, it was with Taj Mahal and John Lee Hooker God. and Van. Quite possibly the worst concert I've oh, ever seen. Absolutely, I've, I've never seen. And I love you, Van. Yeah, Morrison. so you saw that show too. Yeah, it was so. He made me feel bad for buying a ticket to go see him. Yeah, he was so. He just did not want to be there. But what? So, but that's the that's the bad board Van Morrison. When you get the great Van Morrison that wants yeah. to do it, he's yep. unbelievable. Like, we just caught him on a bad night. But that's I want to see. I want to do the show that I actually wanted to see yeah. that night at Target. Center. Well, you said the same thing, and actually, our, we debuted the Elvis Costello show yeah. at uh, at the Chan, and the people that were there uh, were coming out and saying, "This is the show I wish I would have seen." 
when I saw Elvis. I actually walked out of Elvis's show. Oh, really? Because the wow. sound was horrible. Not our show, but the one that was right. done. And because hmm. the sound was just horrible. And but the wonderful thing about this show that we're going to be doing on Monday on Joyful Noise is that this is the show that not only you wanted to see, you created, but this is the show that people are really going to yeah, think, I hope so. think good things about the music in the Elvis. Yeah, so his, so his when I went as a young cab driver, I picked up these three people from the UK and we're driving downtown. I'm looking in the rearview mirror and I said, I know you, you're a musician. He goes, oh, I don't think you've ever heard of me. He says, well, you know, a friend of mine, he just played me your record yesterday or the day before and it was terrific and I can't remember, it's... You're not Elvis Presley, and his eyes lit him. He goes, fuck you, yeah, Elvis. I mean, is Elvis Costello nice to meet you? Like, oh, wow. And he was playing at the Longhorn. <clears throat> the Longhorn. Oh, wow. Yeah. Legendary oh, Longhorn. It, it was like his first yep. tour of the U.S. Yeah. Was, my, you know, my aim is true. It just broken big. Oh, the songs are incredible. And, yeah. and I went to the show. It was like three bucks to, yeah. to oh, see God. Elvis Costello with the effing Longhorn. Oh, yeah. Well, that when the police great. played there. They all played there. Yeah, yeah they did yeah, in those days. Yeah, first tour was there, and then the second one was uh, um, First Avenue. Yeah. There's a really cool documentary about that somewhere yes. out there. Yes, I've heard it's really good. Yeah. About the Longhorn? It's, it's okay. It's, it, it's cool for you guys to dig it because it really focused more on local acts than right. the big national ones. Uh, but it, it's really cool. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm going to go home and listen to John Lee Hooker. It's your fault. Yeah. I loved John he Lee He was Hooker. cool. God, I loved him. Taj Mahal was cool, but Van God, was damn, not good. Van was in a bad mood that night. That's going to happen. Just didn't want to well, be there. Well, when he doesn't want to be there, he just sings in a monotone. He does. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't even really sing a song. That's too bad. No, it was, it was disappointing. He lets you know, though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Trivia question. What's his real first name? Ooh. I don't know. Ivan. Ivan Morris. Really? So instead of, you just take the eye off and yeah. that's oh, where you get the van. Yeah. There's a lot of musicians and famous people who would have been much better off keeping their real first name. You know, like Jackson Brown, Clyde. Is there Clyde a better Brown, name baby. than Clyde? Clyde, Clyde Brown. Brown. That's a great oh, cool. name. I didn't know that. Yeah. Look Clyde's at what we're learning. Name. Finally, after 85 minutes. <laughs> we're getting get a bunch of meat. knowledge here. My son Tucker had a band that he would rehearse in the basement. And he had two two of the guys' names were Joe Johnny and Joey Chavez, and they both said, "Mick, we want to change our name." I said, "You want to change your name from Joey Chavez and Johnny Chavez? Those are the greatest rock and roll names of all time. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Don't you change your name. Yeah. Trust me. <laughs> yeah, no doubt about Joey. it. Joey. Well, I think Joey wanted to be Johnny and vice versa. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. Before that could be. Want to change your first names? <laughs> That's more of a brother thing. (laughs) My favorite John Lee Hooker lyric, it's a three-beat. It was a song called Kick Hit For Hit Kicks You. That was the name of it. Oh, cool. Great song. And he starts out, he goes, I want to tell you a story about two friends of mine whom I know. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. Whom I know. Okay, John Lee Hooker. God, I love him so much. That is a great song. You gotta listen to such a great song. Two friends of mine. It's about Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix. Whom I know. Two friends of mine. Whom I know. And by by the way, he also goes... The one and only Jimi Hendrix. Hendrix, he says Hendrigga, and Janis Joplin. <laughs> he knows Tony Soprano. Yeah, yeah, he knows Tony Soprano. Yeah, that's yeah. right. He knows too, but 
I'm going to do that. Gonna, Aren't you a friend of mine whom I know? <laughs> whom I know. <laughs> that he, is he great. Call, now that I think about it, he calls her Bunny Ray. <laughs> yeah, my good friend, Bunny Ray. Yeah, Bunny Ray. <laughs> yeah, it's not Bunny Ray. It's a Bunny Ray. That, that's John Lee Hooker all the way right there. That's man. terrific. Otis Redding had that same Oh, gift. God, I loved him. Yes. Oh, so good. Loved him. Otis Redding. God, there's so much talent. Isn't that sad? All, all the talent that dies young like he did. Was it a, a plane crash? Plane crash. Yeah, yeah. It was a plane crash. How old yeah. was he? You think my senior he year was in, in the, high school. Wasn't he in the twenty-seven club too? Otis. I think Otis he was. Might have been. I, I think thought he, thought he was. was like thirty-five. All right. No, no, Andy's he was, he was young. Q. Andy's Q. I think he died in sixty-seven. I think it was. He was twenty-six. Twenty-six. Oh, wow. Wow. Too close. Otis Redding was only twenty-six. Twenty-six. When he died. I feel like there was a lot of musician plane oh, crashes in that era. There were. I thought he was older. Ricky Nelson. He sounded older. the catalog. Twenty-six. Yeah, you got that right. I, well, I was, I was sixteen years old, I, I believe, and got my first taste of, of really great soul music driving driving my dad's car. Oh, really? And I'm I'm listening to KUXL. KUXL fifteen seventy baby. I'm driving down the road, and for the first time in my life, I hear Otis singing "Try a Little Tenderness." Ugh. Oh, oh, had to oh, pull. Had to pull. Could not drive. Wow. Okay, I can't say the and whole I, thing, but. I had a, we're driving around one day when KUXL first came on the air, 1570 AM KUXL, yep. with Pharaoh Black. Oh, yeah. Remember yes. the disc jockey Pharaoh Black? Yeah. Wow. And I won't say the whole thing, but I'm driving, I'm riding in the car. My friend driving is a black man in America today. He goes, Tommy, Tommy, do me a favor. Get that KUXL, get that new radio station, man. It's got a lot of great R&B on it. Mm. That's the way he called it soul music back then. Yep. He said, get that, see if you can find it. So I'm tuning around. He said, I said, you know where it is? He that's at the top of the dial somewhere. So I tune in. The station goes, yeah, I think that's it. That's it. Leave it. It was in commercial, right? Mm. And all of a sudden you hear, you and your family can get a great rate and fly to Hawaii. And he goes, change the channel. Ain't no big ends going to Hawaii. (laughs) (laughs) No, the... I will never forget that. The commercial that always stands the commercial that always stands out on my mind from KOXL was Don't be a stiff, go to Cliffs. Go to Cliffs. Don't be a stiff, go to Cliffs. That's what a show this was, man. You only got five minutes to go. And this thing burned through. I think we're back on Otis Redding. If I remember right, he had recorded but it had not but Dock of the Bay hadn't been released yet when he No, you're right. Yeah, right. That's right. I think they released it the next week. Yeah. I think you're absolutely right about that. That was a very very well my God. Everybody died. Like you said, Janice Joplin died, Jimi Hendrix died, Otis Redding died. All these people just kept dying. Yeah. And you hear, you know, like Sinatra does try a little tenderness, you know, yeah. just with acoustic guitar. How they came up with that version? That song is yeah. really old. Yeah. yeah, that's a very, very old song. But he just completely owned it. Yeah. Oh, God, his yes. version is it. I loved it. Otis Redding. That's yep. twenty six. Twenty six. He, he sounded older. He was older than that too. Yeah, yeah he, he just sounded, sounded like older. He was Forty. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what other true. what other radio cool radio stations back in that day? Because I I remember seeing U one hundred, W A Y L. It went through a couple of different changes. Yeah, it did. Um. But uh, I don't remember it. KUXL. KUXL, fifteen seventy AM. Was it always a soul station, or did it always, switch over? Yeah. Okay, no, it was always. Yeah, I don't even think it exists anymore. I don't at think all. so. They probably donated it to a church. That's what most of those. Yeah, AM right, stations that's right. Did. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'll tell you something. Favorite Sad. Black. My wife just got a new car. It's an electric Volkswagen, and it's really cool. But the tech on it is just it, the learning curve is like this. To, I bet. Know, how do you do this? 
But I figured out the voice command, and so you can just tell it what radio station you want to play it, and it dials up. And for some reason, I wanted to listen to CCO. And stopped, couldn't find it, blah, blah, blah. So I, later on, I go into the settings. It had FM, it had Sirius, it had Internet Radio, no AM. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 that's a sign, I think. That's yeah. not a good uh, sign no. for the, those people. It can't no, cost no. more than four cents to have that band programmed into a, basically a So computer. why didn't they insist they do it? That's what I don't get. I yeah. don't know. If you own FM stations, why wouldn't you say you got to put the AMs on yeah. there, too? I would probably don't have so. any poll. Well, they're probably just saying go to our online version. Or that, yeah. yeah. I mean, every one of these places, I'm sure. I'm sure WCCO has oh, like I'm sure online. Oh, I'm sure you can stream it. Sure. Yeah. Oh, you can stream it somewhere, I'm sure. That is one thing about, that. you know, when you're doing your presets in your car, you're going to have a hard time filling up those AM presets. Well, it's Unless you speak Spanish. Right. Uh, well, or, you know, because what happened was they, they didn't, uh, the, the whole AM stereo thing didn't catch on. Remember that? They were going to do AM oh, yeah. stereo for yeah. a while? Well, the uh, fidelity of AM is just not really, it's not suitable for anything but speech. And that kind of radio has definitely fallen off. I yeah. think podcasting killed it. Was it was just reversed. It was reversed back in the day. That's where you got your music. Because AM and FM was uh, kind of left right. to be the... because well, Yeah, that was like the right. new technology that Avant-Garde. no one really understood. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's where that's why KQ stations like that could play, you know, mm-hmm. Alice's Restaurant and the longer versions of that. Well, I mean, it was, it was definitely... Oh, yeah? That was the new, the new deep push. Cuts. The deep, deep cuts. Yeah. 1969, KUXL, R&B Radio, radio host and DJ Jackie Harris. Jackie Harris. Right here, 1570 AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they, they make a point of it that apparently Minneapolis-St. Paul was the last major market to have an R&B station. Wow. Okay. The last yeah, that's one right. I remember hearing that. Yeah, it's the last and one. And they the played country. like, they did play some white artists. And doing covers of black songs. Very few. Well, they, <laughs> yeah, no, they did. The, yeah. It was it was the Rascals, and the Righteous Brothers. Sure. Oh, right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can yeah. see that. God, this is just looking at this it brings me back, baby. I'll tell you. I always remember that that ad I heard when I was a kid. It was a club in St. Paul, that was trying to get people to come to it. Yeah. And I, I think it will actually was the owner of the place. And at the end of the. And the thing, because it's so difficult for people from, to, from Minneapolis to go to St. Paul, the guy goes, hey, it's just the river, not the Berlin Wall. <laughs> That's awesome. I just thought that was, he was so frustrated. He had to get it out. <laughs> but it's true. I never understood that because I've always loved to go to St. Paul. By yeah. the time I was a teenager, yeah. people will not go to St. Paul, no, and they will not come to Minneapolis no, from St. Paul. it's very interesting. No. The only time I hated being in St. Paul was when I lived in the river. Was so yeah, mad. Really? <laughs> Didn't like living there? Well, it weren't good years, you know. Yeah, what are you going to do? That so, Tom, what was, you were at DGY from when to when? 1975 to 1975 and a quarter. Okay. <laughs> but, you, but, but when you got on the radio, it was WD. You know, the way we dropped the W was just it, DGY. Because D- oh. Ouija. Ouija and Bill Dill was before that. Oh, yes, absolutely. Yeah. There's no question about it. I think I might be able to uh, find what you're talking about there. Oh, oh no. There it is. Thanks. <laughs> Here it comes. DGY. That is Dad, by the way. <laughs> Just a second, I'll be right with you. Okay. Just wait for it. Hey, you hit the post, man. Yeah. I've heard people say. 
Oh, it gets more extreme than that, believe me. Oh, me. no, you gotta really play more. Nobody yes. has to go. <laughs> I do. You guys can keep going. It's coming right up. Why did I sing along with all these? <laughs> Wow. Oh, that is fantastic. I remember is. sitting. Now I know why you've always been afraid of yourself. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but those were back in the days before I started doing voiceover and had to take voice lessons. Yeah. Because I never opened my mouth any more than this one. I was like, yeah, man, we'll play that for you. WD. I did. I just honestly, never opened my. You had to send that to me, Andy. That is fantastic. Oh, yeah. That's, send that's, it to him, Andy. What a great that, idea. That's, that's, that's embedded in my memory. It's burned in. Uh, I actually do have to go. Do you want to keep going? No, we got to go. It's it's wonderful. You guys were amazing. Thanks for having us. That was a great great fun. fun. Just zip by. So go to the boat, see Mick play. It's fun. Yeah, come on out to riverboatstudio.com. Get some tickets for that show. It's going to be an amazing time, and uh, you get to see the river and hear some great music. Yep. Chart House Live starts tonight, and the 30 Days Foundation. Find out about both. Thank you. There you have it. Boy. Thanks, everybody. That wraps up another exciting episode of Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. We'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks.